0: Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Jennifer R. Levin, and I'm a traumatic grief therapist and founder of Therapy Heals, where we help organizations and individuals prepare and heal from sudden or unexpected death. And in my podcast, Untethered, Healing the Pain from Sudden Death, I share resources and stories to help you go from the chaos of sudden or unexpected death to move towards healing in your life. Hi everyone, and welcome to Untethered, healing the pain from a sudden death. I'm Dr. Jennifer Levin, and I specialize in traumatic death and helping individuals through the struggles, pain, trauma, and chaos of an unexpected death. Today's podcast features therapist and author, Randy Clark. Randy is a therapist in Washington State who specializes in traumatic grief and helps people who have experienced the death of a child at any age. She co-authored the book, When Your Child Dies, Tools for Mending Parents' Broken Hearts, after her adult son David was murdered in his early 20s. She also helped establish several traumatic grief support groups into hospital bereavement programs. During our podcast interview, Randy shares the story of her son's death Her early grief experiences, and how she coped. She also talks about the impact his death had on her decisions to pursue a career in trauma therapy. We explore different parts of her book and the future plans for revisions. Finally, Randy talks about some of the biggest challenges that parents face after an unexpected death of a child and provides guidance for getting some of these needs met. Hi Randy. Thank Hello. you. Thank you so much for joining us today. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself?
1: Okay. Um about myself. Uh I am a graduate of Antioch University Seattle with a degree, a master's degree in psychology and trauma. Uh I live in a lovely little town in Washington. Have for many years. Um, I did spend 12 years in Canada working up there on an island. Um, I'm presently. I have uh, my daughter, her husband, and my grandson live not far from here. I love gardening, and um, I love working as a therapist is how's that <laughs>
0: that's perfect so what led you into the field of therapy and your specialization in working with traumatic grief
1: okay well uh in 1994 after my daughter graduated from high school and started college I decided to finally return to college to complete my studies with the goal of becoming a psychotherapist. I had registered and was to start classes in January 1995. Um, The reason I waited was I focused on working while raising my son and daughter. And uh, in 95, it would be possible for me to go back to college. Uh, I ended up specializing in trauma because my son was murdered in December of 1995. Oh, I've got my numbers wrong. It was in 96 that I was going to start classes. My son was killed in 95, December. And um, because of my experience in school, I ended up needing to find out. What is trauma all about? Mm. So I directed my studies towards figuring out what is trauma and how can we help people who are experiencing uh, trauma, traumatic loss. The trajectory of my studies led me to devising and developing a traumatic loss support group, um, which I helped at that time. well, Kirkland Hospital, Edmonds Hospital, it introduced that into their bereavement programs. Um, so it it all just kind of grew from the experience, and directed my trajectory of the work I wanted to do as a therapist.
0: So you were very intentional in what you wanted to study, almost as a way of perhaps helping your healing?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Therapy students often joke in classes, the reason why we're there is to figure ourselves out first. And I was definitely, uh, I definitely needed to figure myself out. That was for sure. But the more I knew, the more I grew to understand the complicated, difficult grief that, People have to deal with when their loss is traumatic. Yeah. Including you, my own.
0: <laughs> yeah. Are you comfortable sharing with us what happened with your son, David?
1: Okay. Um a little bit. Okay. Um, my son was living in Eugene, Oregon with his wife. Um who was at that time seven months pregnant. Mm. Uh, They had just moved into a new place to live because their job as live-in caregivers for a quadriplegic had had come to an end. And um, so they were celebrating Mm. and they had... Uh, that evening which was December 13, 1995 that evening had decided to go downtown to down to the university district and mingle with their friends and um at that in that evening my my son was assaulted by two young you know 17 18 year old boys and they tried to rob him and my son defended himself and so they stabbed he he was stabbed to death in that assault um he died in his wife's arms
0: i'm so sorry thank you Remembering back to that time what was your grief like right after he died
1: Oh um what was it like it was hell it was agony it was horror and shock and disorientation and nightmarish I could barely function I was haunted with images of what happened to my son and I was haunted with an a compulsion to help him Hmm. to make it all better to make his owie go away Hmm. I was Stunned, I was not myself. I had no orientation. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember feeling very desperate, very desperate and uncertain. Mm -hmm. I've always been a self-assured person. And I had no clue what was happening Mm -hmm. to me Mm -hmm. or how to deal with it.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was the at the first.
0: Yeah. What were some of the things that helped you cope with that type of grief?
1: Well, oddly enough, one of the things was I started classes for my degree on January 3rd, 96. Wow. And it was a place I could go. That nobody knew what happened to me. Mm. And so I wasn't being given those looks or asked those questions. Or I could just go there for several hours a day and be in another place and be another person. I could be a student. So that was one of the things that really helped me. I had a therapist prior to the incident and i saw her sometimes twice a week because she she could hold she could hold my grief and i could let it out and that was profoundly helpful to me mm-hmm. because it was so big yeah i was terrified of hurting others with it mm-hmm. so at first i could barely get through each day and nights were dreadful but it was the kindness of friends and the closeness that my husband and daughter shared that were most helpful. And then I, my therapist gave me a referral to Dr. Ryan who is a psychiatrist through the, at that time, the Virginia Mason program. And he gave me an assessment and diagnosed me with PTSD so suddenly i had something to wrap my head around that made sense i i thought i was psychotic yeah i mean the imagery the flashbacks the nightmares were unrelenting um i learned over time um i got treatment for the trauma and i also joined a support group for victims of homicide which was I ended up going three times uh, because each time I learned more and mm-hmm. I felt less alone. I cried when the tears arose. I rested and I worked in the garden creating a memorial garden for David. I also followed every aspect of the criminal proceedings. Some people can, some people can't. For me, it helped. All of this kept me going.
0: Yeah. After all of these years, how would you describe the grief now?
1: There's a sadness in me that doesn't change. Mm. There's a hole in my heart where my son was. After 27 years, I still miss him terribly. I think about what he would be like what he would be doing, you know, what would his relationship be like with his son? But I can bring him into my mind now and I can remember good things without pain. We talk about him. We gather together for his birthday and have a birthday party. Mm -hmm. And we have a special Christmas ritual dedicated to him. He loved Christmas. I have incorporated his absence into the fabric of my life and I live with that ache that sadness because I think I'd feel lost without it. Mm. It's
0: it's a part of who I am. Yeah. I think that's such an honest and real perspective. Mm. Mm yeah thank you for sharing that one of the reasons I was so pleased that you agreed to participate in this interview was I mean I know you have really lived the experience of sudden and unexpected death and then you're a therapist and you work with individuals who've are going through a sudden and unexpected death. And you also wrote a book. And the book is called When Your Child Dies Tools for Mending Parents' Broken Hearts. And I've had the opportunity to read the book. And I have to say that this is probably the most comprehensive and best resource available for parents who've experienced a sudden and unexpected death of a child at any age. And and we talked about the book and I know you've told me that it's it's an older book now, but I even uh, have given the book to a few of my clients who are really struggling after experiencing the death of their children, one who was an infant and one who was an adult child. And I just think the book is really good um fantastic. Thanks. So tell me, um, what was it like for you to write this book?
1: Mm. <laughs> oh boy. It was many things. <clears throat> it took several years for me to have the courage to write the book. Um, because I knew it was gonna reopen some doorways and it was really hard at times it brought my experience back to the surface it was joyful because sharing this process with avril avril nagel the co-author okay. was it was joyful for us both because we both we both knew how how hard it was to find help Mm -hmm. out there to find resources you know this was this was many years ago and the resources just weren't there Mm -hmm. and that's when all we had was AOL Mm -hmm. we didn't have Google so we agreed that there needed to be a comprehensive resource Mm -hmm. and Avril said why don't we write a book? <laughs> it took us four years. yeah. It was gratifying. The experience was very gratifying because knowing that that it mobilized that desire to help others mm-hmm. and it and we knew we were filling a hole.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, a very important hole. Um, and, and so much more. It was so much more. We met with so many parents that experienced loss and got to hear their stories and got to help give them resources. And it just it just expanded. It was a it was a brilliant experience in many ways.
0: Yeah. And for those listeners who have not read the book, um, it's not about your stories. It's all about resources. And well, you are you, you, the author. provide us an overview of the book oh okay
1: um with the caveat that that we are in the process of of redesigning the book it was published in 2012 and since 2012 it's unbelievable how much more knowledge we have about trauma how much more we know of healthy ways of um treating trauma, Mm -hmm. helping people to get their feet back on the ground. There's so many more resources for grief Mm -hmm. and loss and child loss and traumatic loss Mm -hmm. that, you know, our reading list and resources at the back of the book is just completely incomplete. Um, So, uh, you know what, I lost the thread.
0: Yes, that's so. I was asking you to provide an overview of what's in oh. the book. <laughs> okay, so
1: in a general overview, is that we broke the book down into very simple, concise chapters, and each chapter covers a different area of the mm, the, the resources, the responses, the challenges. Um, coping, um, dealing with different problems and issues related to this kind of loss. We broke it up into separate chapters because we knew that no one person would need to read all those chapters. And so um, it's the kind of book that a person can look at the index or look at the table of contents and decide what page they need to turn to based on their needs. Um, We wanted to avoid a book that said, you know, this is grief and this is how to do it. Mm -hmm. Because there are no two griefs alike. There are no two losses alike. And so we tried to cover all the different components, one might say, and make it accessible. The chapters are short, they're concise, and um because I you know I have to confess I, I could hardly read a complete sentence the first year. Yeah. It just the comprehension wasn't there. So we tried very much to keep it accessible, simple, and um manageable.
0: Yeah. But it's all specific to Losing a child unexpectedly at any yeah. age.
1: Thank yeah. you. Yes, absolutely.
0: And at any missing. age. And that's what's missing. Yeah. From
1: prenatal to, yeah. you know, an elderly son, daughter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and anything in between.
0: And understanding the trauma and how to deal with other people. I mean, I, I know I, I work with um, clients and they get uh, blown away by questions such as, how many children do you have? Oh. Um, things like yeah. that, and it just addresses yeah. all of those types of things that other types of grief books don't have the space to get into. So it, it is, is. It really goes into that. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Um, Thank you for saying that.
0: Yeah. Um, can you describe the impact the information and the resources had on people who have experienced a sudden and unexpected death? So those who were able to have access to the book. Well, I wish I could
1: answer that in you know completely, but you know, the books sold through, you know, and I don't know all the people who have read the book, but those that I've had connection with have spoken how it has helped them understand their trauma reactions. That's one thing I'd like to repeat is that in the very first part of the book we focus on helping people see the difference between yeah. what part of them is their grief and what part of them is the trauma that they're dealing with. So that was one of our one of the feedback that I've gotten from folks is that it really helped make sense yeah. out of what was going on. They weren't going crazy yeah. uh, It also I've gotten feedback that it helped them to have guideposts, to navigate the many aspects of their grief, both the emotional and practical, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've gotten a few, well, you know, I didn't read the whole thing (laughs) and and I say, great, you read what you needed. And yeah, yeah. I like that index, you know, so I've gotten good feedback.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten good feedback. Thanks. so. So I know in your private practice as a therapist, you continue to work with parents who've experienced the sudden and unexpected death of a child or children. What do you see currently are some of the greatest needs or challenges that parents experience and particularly moms or or dads Mm -hmm. um, have after an unexpected death of a child?
1: Mm. Okay. Um, Well, the world, as they know it, have known it, has been shattered. And what was before is no more for them. So they are uprooted and their world is upside down. And that's, to me, I think the greatest challenge is they're suddenly in a universe that makes no sense to them. And um, they need to be acknowledged. They need to be listened to without judgment or fixing or platitudes. They need patience. They need to be given time and space to process the shock. Helping means making tea, observing, a, uh, offering them a hug. And Or or taking care of the organization of information or their home or, you know, mowing their lawn. Those kinds of things are very helpful to parents because keeping track of those daily tasks, keeping track of order and organization in their life can be absolutely overwhelming. Yeah. I think parents' greatest challenges, and there's many, but primarily guilt Hmm. and Mm self-blame. We are wired as parents with the command to keep our child alive. And we are robbed of that when they die. And parents can blame themselves and feel guilty and find fault in themselves for how and when their child died. Their other challenge, I think, is finding meaning and purpose in their lives now that nothing is what it was before. What's the point? I hear that a lot. What is the point? So redefining their roles, you know, and remembering, I think, That because your child has died, you have not stopped being a parent. And you always will be that child's parent. And how do you have that role living in your everyday life when your child is absent?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I feel like this just kind of skimmed the surface.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But those are great starting spots. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: I know sometimes when I work with a client, I'm almost a little, like, have to take a deep breath during that first session because there's so much I know we need to cover, and I have to pace myself (laughs) because there's just so much, and it's just like, oh, no, this is going to be a long process and just Mm -hmm. little bits at a time, you know. Small steps, small, small steps. steps. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What are some of the ways that you help your clients meet those needs? Well,
1: it's not just me, but it—it's it, what all those who are listening can take to heart that connecting with other bereaved parents in online groups or in person is. It's profoundly helpful because they find out they're not alone. Um, Having therapy with a qualified practitioner, a practitioner who works with trauma and grief, I think is very important. Um, And it's important to know it's okay to talk about your child, to bring them into the room. And, and don't bother trying to protect others from your pain. That's not your job. That's a tough question to answer. Yeah. You know, because everybody's individual. Mm-hmm. So best ways to get it met, you know, in the book, for example, there's a list of things that you can turn over to others. You know, there's... There's ways be be free in asking for help. Um, the worst thing that could happen is people can say no, mm-hmm. but it's okay to say. You know, can you help me figure out how to organize my refrigerator or whatever? You know, can you help me get to this appointment? That. I don't, am I helping with this answer?
0: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. And I always like to remind clients that after, you know, something like this has happened, everyone feels so helpless and they want to do something and they feel so good to be asked to have a task.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You know, otherwise they're probably hiding behind their living room curtains going, oh, I don't know if I should go over there because I know it. I don't want to upset them. Yes, yes. So, yes. <laughs> go there. Ask. Yes. Offer. Yes, you're There's actually helping the them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I had a client who whose neighbor just started mowing their lawn. Didn't ask. Just went over and did it and went home just did it. So, you know, if you if you think it needs doing, go right ahead. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Makes everybody feel a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you mentioned that you're starting on the next uh version of that. Mm-hmm. Um what are the plans for it? Well,
1: we're still formulating. Okay. But Our intention is to further abbreviate the text, for one thing, to um, rearrange the layout of the book so that it's more, you know, um, stages. And forgive me for that word, but the immediate, the aftermath and the long term. Yeah. um, to, To make it even more navigable. As a text, there are some things in the book that we have discovered that grieving parents, who first, um, who are in the initial stages, they just don't need that information. That information is available elsewhere now. It wasn't when we wrote the book, and so there will be we will eliminate a few things mm-hmm. because because you can get that information elsewhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Um yeah, we want to bring it more up to date. We want to flesh out the miscarriage section. We feel it's very inadequate. Mm-hmm. And um there's there's more to be helpful with that. Um yeah. Uh let's see, it was a little over a year ago the publisher, New Verizon Press, um released us of the contract they have a, you know, about a 10 year lifespan with the book. And so we snatched up a bunch of copies and we are now the resource for the book. Every once in a while, it shows up on Amazon, a used copy. So, you know, there's other ways to get a hold of the present book. Cause I, I don't imagine we're going to be ready to publish it in a year or two. Cause she's, Avril lives in Canada and I live here and our work is keeping us very busy. So we're doing book, book things in between. But it's our goal. We're going to
0: do it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I still think it's an amazing resource in its current form. And we will have information on how to get the book um, mm-hmm. in our Facebook group. And um, so if you're interested in that, just look for that information in the Facebook group. So um, I have a final question for you. And that is, what advice would you give to someone who has just experienced a sudden or unexpected death of a child? Okay.
1: Try your best to not isolate. Let yourself flow with your emotions and stay hydrated. It's okay to think you've lost your mind. Your world has been shattered. This this experience is not something to get over, but rather one to go through. One moment, one breath, one step at a time. The only promise I make to my clients, and this is kind of a modified Rose Kennedy quote, you will never get over this, but You will get better at it. Hmm. Keep your expectations of yourself simple. Drink water. Let yourself cry, wail, drink water. Rest your body. The work of grief occupies your entire body and mind 24-7. Ride the waves. You will try to make sense out of what has happened. It may never make sense. Your work is to first acknowledge the permanent physical absence of your child, which can open your heart and mind to discovering a new relationship of memory and love moving forward in your life. And that's kind of where we start.
0: Some pretty good stuff. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time and sharing your experiences and words of wisdom with us today. Great. Very great.
1: Thank thank you for having me, Jennifer. It really means a lot. It really does. I really value being able to reach out like this. I appreciate Uh, it. Yeah.
0: Once again, uh, Randy Clark. Okay. And um, look for um, information on the book in our Facebook group. And you can also reach out and get her contact information as well. Okay. Randy is extremely passionate and dedicated to easing the pain for individuals living with traumatic grief, especially other parents who have also experienced the sudden death of a child. When we were talking after the interview, she shared that helping others and connection with other parents who've also experienced the sudden death of a child are one of the best ways to cope and heal from traumatic grief, especially grief related to the sudden death of a child. I appreciated the authenticity that Randy shared with us when talking about her own experience with her son, David. She's now able to remember him without pain and to use her words, she has incorporated him into the fabric of her life. But she did say the sadness and ache has also become a forever part of her. Randy's book was such an accomplishment. First, it was a healing experience for her, but second, it was and still is a compilation of education about trauma and grief, resources, and coping mechanisms specific to parents or adults who have experienced a sudden death of a child at any age. And, as she said, she did it at a time when we did not have access to all of the internet resources that we have today. I am so pleased that there is plans for a second version in progress and I will happily wait until it's ready. Finally, I really liked the way that Randy addressed so many of the challenges specific to parents, especially those related to changes in identity, meaning-making, and guilt or blame. We could have entire podcasts on each of those issues. And for parents or adults who are struggling with the death of a child, each one of those challenges are so significant. Thank you to Randy for spending time with us today, sharing her story, and talking about so many of these important challenges. Thank you so much for joining today's episode of Untethered, Healing the Pain After a Sudden Death. Our podcast, Untethered, is hosted on my website, TherapyHeals.com. To learn more about hope and guidance after sudden or unexpected death, please visit www.TherapyHeals.com and sign up for my monthly newsletter, Guidance and Grief. Bye for now. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast so you never miss an episode. For guidance and hope with unexpected or sudden death, please visit my website, www.therapyheals.com to learn more about the services we offer. If you would like to share your story on our podcast in service of helping others heal after a sudden or unexpected death, please email us at info@therapyheals.com.